0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My dear brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum. And uh, may Allah be with all of you wherever you are. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to have a productive session, a beneficial session for all of us. And may Allah count this hour, and this time, uh, and this event and activity as a good deed for all of us, inshallah. Ameen. Uh, Alhamdulillah, uh, this is a great opportunity that Allah has given us to go through the verses of his book and remind ourselves and refresh ourselves with some basic teachings uh, of his book and uh, we should make dua for the organizers as we benefit from this program. Uh, May Allah reward them and support them and protect them and enable them to do more programs like this. Uh, the verses that we are going to cover in this session uh, are the last uh, uh, four or five verses in uh, Surah Al-Munafiqun, Surah number 63 in the Quran. The first six verses of the Surah were covered last week. So those of you who attended the last session, of, uh, this, uh, last, session last week, I'm sure you have the background of the surah and uh, many other points related to them. So we're continuing and finishing the surah now. And just for those of you who have joined uh, very briefly, that this surah talks about the hypocrites and hypocrisy behavior, and especially in the time of the Prophet uh, Sallallahu in Medina, this phenomena of hypocrisy appeared that was very dangerous, especially after, uh, you know, both uh, the Meccans and Jews were defeated militarily uh, uh, and they uh, were looking for opportunities to destroy the Islamic movement from its side and so uh, they supported the Hippocrats and certain people came and joined the ranks of the Prophet وسلم, said, we are believers, but they were not and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains their behavior in many ways, in the Quran, in many places, so that we all as believers, alhamdulillah, we benefit from these teachings and we make sure that we do not develop uh, or adopt those kind of traits that hypocrites have. Uh, That's the main purpose of mentioning these stories in the Qur'an and uh, the traits of Hippocrates, and this surah in particular, uh, the short, it's a short surah about 11 verses, but uh, there are many, many important points related to the attitude of uh, Hi- Hippocrates and Dunafiqun. Um, now, we are starting with verse 7 uh, till 11. In verse 7, Allah talks about hypocrites and says, uh, that Allah says, these are the people, these hypocrites, are the people who say that uh, don't spend on those people who are with the messenger of Allah so that they can disperse, so that they can go away from around the Prophet خَزَائِنُ وَالْأَرْضِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَا But the reality is that uh, the treasures of the heaven and the earth, they all belong to Allah, but the hypocrites do not understand this reality. So this verse uh, talks about uh, some hypocrites in the time of the Prophet, sallallahu who were trying to, uh, you know, uh, Create uh, some kind of fitna and sabotage uh, against the Prophet ﷺ. Uh, in this verse and the verses before, uh, there is a historical background that I will briefly mention. Uh, that uh, when the Prophet وسلم, you know, went to uh, the, uh, Banu Al uh, out of Medina and uh, Then the the army went there and they defeated the Banu al-Mustaliq. then the camp, uh, the the army, when they were coming back, they uh, camped at the spring of what's called Al-Muraisi. And in that spring, uh, because of getting water, uh, two individuals, one from Ansar and one from uh, the uh, uh, Muhajirin, the the immigrants coming from Mecca and Ansar. And they got into a fight and then one of them was calling all the Ansar to, on this side and the other one was calling Muhajireen and the Prophet Sallallahu heard this and he quickly went and said, what is this uh, paganism and Jahiliyyah that you guys are calling for, you know, to call your people and your supporters? So the point is that the Prophet Sallallahu advise them that when it comes to injustices, if some injustice happens, do not call uh, your people based on tribal relationship, based on uh, other family relations, because they would not look at justice, they would try to defend you no matter what. But if you uh, call Muslim community as a whole, if there's any injustice done to you, then the Muslim community is supposed to stand for justice and apply justice that was the main lesson. But this uh, defeated the uh, scheme of hypocrites that was, you know, trying to incite people against the Prophet Sallallahu and especially those Ansar. Uh, one of them, uh, a hypocrite, was Abdullah ibn and he wanted to, uh, you know, create discord and he was saying that these people around the Prophet who has come from Mecca, uh, you know, they are paupers and they, they, they don't have anything and we have given them family. We have given them, you know, housing and support and everything. So we should not support them, so that these people can go away from around the Prophet uh, That was their uh, plot and plan, so that they can weaken the Islamic uh, movement and the Islamic system that was established around the Prophet uh, And That was their intent. And based on that, they said, "Don't spend on these people who are around the Prophet," because those people. Most of them had come from Mecca without being able to bring any of their possessions uh, because of the fear and also it was required that uh, the Prophet Allah called upon all Muslims from Mecca and others to come and settle in Medina so that the Islamic system uh, and government becomes strong by presence of all Muslims inside Medina. So many of them left without bringing any of their possessions. So the, the, and then uh, these people from Medina, they were supporting. So this Abdullah ibn who was the chief of Hippocrates in Medina. He was saying that, look, you know, we should not spend on these people around the Prophet so they can leave the Prophet and say so that basically Islam, uh, basically Islam becomes weak. That's the background of this verse. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala announces to Hippocrates and to everybody all over the world that walillahi khazainu sabawat wal to Allah belongs all the treasures of the heaven and the earth. Meaning that whatever you have, whatever everybody else have whatever the world resources are, they are all owned by Allah Wa Ta-A'la. If it's owned by Allah, then how could you think that Allah and His Messenger and the people who you know uh, are helping the messenger? if you deprive them, you think you can remove the resources from them, you think you can take away this, you know, that all those resources belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all those wealth Allah can give all of it and so much of it to his messenger and to his believers, uh, but you guys don't understand, you know, these hypocrites, uh, since they do not believe sincerely in the message and in the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so they cannot understand this fact that we are not owners of these possessions; if they are owned by Allah, and everything belongs to Allah, and Allah can take away our possessions and treasures, and also when we die, it's going to be taken away from us anyway. So uh, that was at the point that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala made here that they better know that uh, they have no control of these possessions uh, when they think about it. And then the next verse says, That uh, this uh, guy, Abdullah al when some came to him, some of the other Epocrats came to him and said that, uh, oh Abdullah, you know, now uh, you have done this and now we are weak and this and that. So Abdullah told him that, look, you know, you guys have given support to these people. Uh, once we reach Medina, then we will kick them out. So this verse is when we uh, turn back to Medina, then uh, that the more honorable people will kick out the less honorable people meaning that uh, uh, he was thinking that we are the honorable, we are the people of honor and dignity, and we are the people of might, and we will kick out all those people who have no honor in their eyes, Uh, those uh, poor ma'ajirin that had come from Mecca, in their eyes they were considered as less honorable or without honor. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again puts an important uh, reality in, the, in front of them and says, That to Allah belongs the honor and the dignity, and it belongs to His Messenger and belongs to true believers. But they do not understand this. Meaning that uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the owner of all dignity, all honor. And his messenger, since he is his representative, so uh, uh, Allah's, uh, is, uh, Allah gives his izah to his messenger. And believers who uh, believe in Allah and submit to Allah and uh, obey Allah, then they also deserve this izzah, this honor and this dignity. So honor and dignity actually belongs to Allah and the uh, uh, messenger, and the uh, true believers. Uh, but this is uh, hard to understand for hypocrites too. And they think that uh, is or uh, dignity is in terms of amount of money that we have, in terms of power that we have, the reputation that we have. They were thinking in those lines and they did not understand that uh, Dignity actually belongs to Allah, and uh, it's important who is dignified in the eyes of Allah. So it's uh, important for us also to understand that whenever we want to be treated uh, with dignity, uh, we have to turn to Allah, and the closer we get to Allah, uh, the more dignified in the eyes of Allah we will be, and Allah will make us dignified in the eyes of others. Because a lot of times it's natural that people want to be Treated uh, with dignity by uh, people around them by others in any circle that they are But we must understand that dignity only comes from Allah. And uh, another verse That uh, all dignity belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we must understand that uh, the more we uh, believe the stronger our belief becomes and the more we obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more dignity we will have in the eyes of Allah and in the eyes of true believers and the angels. So we shouldn't worry about worldly things at all because I don't have uh, so much money or such a big house or such a big car or this and that so I may not be considered with dignity by other people uh, and that's a very false uh, pride that people have because of that and we as Muslims uh, must uh, understand the reality of dignity and the reality of treasures. Of the universe, that the treasures khazain is belong to Allah, and the dignity belongs to Allah. And now, uh, after these two verses that mention uh, those events and uh, the previous verses that talk about the hypocrites and uh, their behavior, in the next two verses, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala teaches believers that how you can avoid hypocrisy, how what you should do to avoid hypocrisy. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ La لَا تُلْهِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا يَعْفْعَلَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُوَ الْخَاسِرُونَ That all believers, all those who have believed in the truth, do not let your properties and your wealth and your children, basically your families, to this to uh, distract you from the remembrance of allah so this is the first measure to avoid hypocrisy that uh, do not let anything to keep you away from the zikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala zikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is the remembrance of allah that allah is right now watching me allah is present and i'm in his presence and anything that i say and i do he can hear it and also remember the accountability that someday i will be standing in front of allah and accountable this is mainly the record of allah here that do not forget your uh, do not forget the presence of allah and do not forget your accountability in front of allah and don't let your families uh, family affairs and your wealth uh, distract you from that. You know, typically, uh, family and uh, wealth are two factors that can easily distract people from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the dhikr of Allah. Because uh, the love of wealth, by wealth here and it means the business, it means the career, it means the properties. So anything that we have, any finances, basically, do not let these finances to distract you from the remembrance of Allah. You know finances easily can uh, uh, occupy us in such a way that we can easily forget Allah and forget our duties towards Allah. Uh, so for example there are many people that they become so busy with their jobs in such a way that uh, they don't offer their prayers and they say I don't have time for my daily prayer for my salah or I don't have time to go to masjid, or I don't have time to offer Friday prayer, and this and that, why? Because I have a job, I'm busy, and uh, if I come to prayer or to masjid, I will lose my job, or I will lose my, maybe, dignity in, uh, in front of my boss. That boss may say, oh, you're one of those who go to this and that, and you offer prayers and this and that. You're not a modern person, you're not this and that. So, uh, you know, remember that, uh, that the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps you on track the the more you remember Allah the realities of the faith and the realities of the future of this life then the more you can control yourself to be honest to be sincere and to stay away from hypocrisy uh, not only your uh, finances but also your family your children because as we know, most of us are so much preoccupied with our families and our children that we forget our responsibilities towards Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. While Allah wants us to take care of our family and children, and uh, it is important and it's an Islamic responsibility to take care of our family and our children, but it should be done in, in a way that we should not forget our creator, our sustainer, our provider, the one who gave us the family, the one who gave us our children. So uh, it, we could easily cross that limit, you know, by saying, oh, I love my wife, I love my husband, I love my children, and then we forget the love of Allah. And we do certain things for our wife or husband or children that will take us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show that, oh, I'm so, uh, you know, loyal to you, I have this to do, uh, it's okay, even I, I I I miss my prayer because of your love, I'm I, I, okay, I'm not going to give this charity to this and that because of you, which comes in the next verse. So, the uh, dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what keeps us away from hypocrisy, and Allah explains that the remaining of the verse, that, whoever does this, then they should know that they are the losers. You know, when you do something to stay away from Allah, uh, or you forget Allah, then you think that you're successful. You think that, okay, you know, I didn't go to Jummah prayer today. My job was important, and I'm happy that, you know, my boss was happy with me, and my, uh, you know, I I made some... uh, a profit in my business. If I had closed my business for prayer, then I would have lost this and that. So you think uh, mechanically that I uh, You know, I have been a winner. Why not go into prayer or any other responsibility, Islamic responsibility? But in reality, Allah says you guys are losers. You're a loser. You think you're a winner, but in reality, you're a loser. But when we actually uh, when we try to understand these words of success, uh, who is a successful person, who is a winner, who is a loser, who is really uh, a smart person, and dumb person, you know, we should look at the the reality of the uh, things that we have in the entire span of life, including next life. So uh, the person is considered successful, who is successful, in both lives, especially in the next life, because next life is eternal life, and this life is only a short span and very brief uh, time compared to Akhira. So successful person is the one who is successful in the entire span of life in both worlds, not just, you know, in this world, uh, and then uh, if they become successful in this world, uh, in terms of success from a worldly point of view, they are really losers in the Akhirah. So Allah announces that whenever you forget Allah, whenever you do not remember Allah, then you will be a loser. You better know you're not uh, a winner and you're not successful. You have harmed yourself, basically, you have wronged yourself. And then the next verse says. Uh, that uh, spend, so this is the second measure that Allah is teaching us, that spend in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from what we have provided to you. We have given you before the death comes to one of you. And then, رَبِّ إِلَى أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ فَأَصَّدَّقَ before that moment comes that one of you uh, reach the, the time of death, and then you say, uh, oh Lord, oh Rabb, uh, why didn't you uh, give me a respect? Why didn't you give me a little extension of time, a little bit, so that I could have spent in your cause, so that I could have really, you know, uh, be charitable and uh, a righteous person. So Allah is warning us that, Spend of your possessions and property in the cause of Allah before it's too late. Now is the time because a lot of times people uh, keep uh, you know procrastinating, at, uh, making sadaqah and zakah. I'll say, okay, that's fine. I'll pay it. Well, at some point, it I'll become very charitable. Once I have this much money. Once I my business starts making profit. Once I reach this kind of point in my account, then I will start spending. And that's really a deceit of shaitan that keeps us away from the spending and that may take us to a point of debt that then it will be too late to spend. And um, so Allah is warning us that first of all, spend of what? Of what we have provided to you. So it's not your property, it is not your wealth, in absolute meaning, in true meaning, you're only a trustee of it, Uh, it's only an amanah in front of you. You better know that it is our property, Allah says. I have provided to you, I have given to you uh, for a temporary time. So now this money and this wealth that you have is temporary with you. But you have a choice to have it temporary or turn it into an eternal benefit. You know, so if we spend anything in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are depositing in our Akhira account. And when we deposit it in our Akhirah account, then it becomes eternal. The profits and the benefit and the amount of money and any positions that we have, it'll become eternal and permanent for us. So, smart people always think of investment and making investment in the right way so they they can have the best return. And Allah is offering us this kind of opportunity and an explanation of this kind of investment that, you know, uh, you should not uh, delay and postpone your spendings until uh, the time comes that you may not have a a choice, and uh, you may be going away from this world all of a sudden, and then you will regret. Uh, and no matter how much you say that, you know, give me time, Ya Allah, so I can sh- be righteous, so I can spend, Allah will say in the last verse that, That Allah says that you better know that once your deadline comes, once uh, your time expires, then Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not extend your life and Allah knows very well of what you are doing so Allah is already aware of your intentions Allah is already aware of whether you are just offering excuses that I will uh, spend later, uh, or if I have uh, an extension then I will spend. Allah knows that, you know, you're just saying that and uh, you you better uh, have done it uh, uh, before this. So uh, now spending uh, is another measure, uh, spending in the cause of Allah is another measure that keeps us away from hypocrisy. Uh, why? Because, you know, naturally people love their positions, their wealth, their properties, their business, their profits. And if you really love Allah and if you really are sincere and if you love in the next life and you really want uh, this money to become an eternal investment for you, then you definitely want to spend in the cause of Allah. The stronger your faith is, the more you spend. And uh, even if you have a little uh, money and you have, uh, you may say that, well, I have so much needs myself and this and that, you will still sa- spend something if you really believe in the next life. For example, even if you have $100 in your pocket, you can spend $1, $2 in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and, and so that counts in the eyes of Allah more than maybe other people giving thousands of dollars uh, We uh, because Allah looks at our sincerity and looks at our circumstances and how much we can really afford so now if you really believe in the next life and if you believe in Allah and you spend the more you spend the more you become uh, in love of Allah and the more you uh, the, uh, the next life becomes more important to you because you keep investing, and then you're looking forward to next life, so the next life becomes more important to you. Now, the more important next life becomes at the love of Allah, more than the love of money, then the more sincere we become, and the more we would be away from hypocrisy. Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, if we prefer a love of money and wealth over the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and uh, then definitely, uh, you know, that will take us towards hypocrisy, because then, and we will do things to just, you know, benefit in terms of worldly measures and act that I am a Muslim, I am a believer. And that was one of the main things with Hippocrates around the Prophet, wasalam, that uh, they were always, based on their worldly benefits, they would make decisions. If any aspect of Islam benefits them, they would love to follow. But if any aspect of Islam uh, would harm them or would put them in a trial and test, then they would uh, stay away from it and they would make excuses and you know Allah has given us this kind of uh, brain power and thinking power that once we decide to do something or once we decide not to do something then we can easily come up with all kinds of beautiful arguments to defend our position so Allah has given human beings this ability and this power of eloquence and power of, of argumentation and debating. Um, now if we if for example if a hypocrite or uh, law forbidden we become that way that okay we prefer our only benefits over next life or we prefer love of body uh, over love of Allah, Uh, then, you know, we would come up with all kinds of explanations and excuses that because of this, I didn't spend the cause of Allah, because of that, I didn't spend, uh, so we could come up with all kinds of arguments to convince anybody around us, and they would say, yeah, yeah, uh, glad you didn't uh, spend it, but Allah knows, and and we cannot uh, fool Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah knows exactly. Where, uh, as our status, if we if we had spent it, uh, would we have lost anything, or would we have reached a point that we would not have anything for ourselves? You know, most of the time we can spend, and uh, still we can, uh, you know, have something for ourselves. And we must remember, you know, so now this is not a fundraising time. Uh, I can easily talk about some of these points that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us that. That whatever possessions that you have with you, it is going to be perishing. It's going to go away. But whatever you put in the, your account with Allah, then it will stay forever. It will remain forever. And um, when we spend, we have to remember that we are not going to. Uh, lose anything because the Prophet wa sallam, said Ma naqsa, bin That the wealth will not be reduced from spending in the cause of Allah because even though mechanically it may look a little low but Allah will put barakah and blessings in that r- 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 remaining money that will benefit us much more than the original amount And also Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala tells us that you know you don't have to be rich to spend in the cause of Allah. Allah says, That Allah says that uh, uh, whatever you have, uh, if you have a lot of money, vast amount of money, then it is spent from that vastness. But if Allah has, uh, if if, if the risk has been reduced uh, and you have very little, then spend of what Allah has given you. So whatever you have, even if you have little, you can still spend, say you have $10 in your pocket. Okay, I can give 50 cents or $1 in the cause of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's still, uh, we can be spending. So this will also keep us away from hypocrisy because it will make us more sincere and inshallah and we will be able to benefit from our time before the time of debt comes, before our uh, opportunities are expired, uh, which will be too late uh, to spend at that time because the Prophet said that, you know, once, as soon as the moment of debt comes, basically our wealth will become the uh, wealth of our children it becomes an inheritance, and then you don't want to spend out of their money. Uh, and you want to spend out of your money until it's your money. Uh, And this will bring barakah and blessings in our wealth, and it will bring blessings and barakah in our lives, and it will keep us more sincere, inshallah, in this path, and also it will uh, keep us away from hypocrisy, and the traits of hypocrites by spending. And so these verses are very, very, important for all of us to understand. And uh, the point about the last verse that Allah said that uh, once your time arrives, then you better know that there will be no extension. So this is another important point that we must uh, remind ourselves that Allah has repeated so many times that once the uh, the ajal or the the time that has been uh, decided by Allah already that when we are gonna die, which is a predetermined, uh, you know, item that Allah has already predetermined for us, the time of our death. That will not change. It is very important to understand this fact, and Allah has mentioned this so in so many ways uh, that you better know that your time will not be extended. And uh, for example, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. For every community, for every people, there is a specific time of expiration. And when that time of expiration comes, it will not be even delayed by one hour or preceded by one hour. So if we were to if we were to die at 3 p.m. of say Monday, you know, it will not become four p.m. or it will not become two p.m. You know, uh, and that time is exact that it will happen. And uh, also in many other verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, no one will die unless their time that is already written reaches uh, in, uh, which is uh, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that. قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِيِ تَفِرُونَ بِنُهُ فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ ثُمَّ تُرَدُونَ إِلَىٰ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ بِمَا كُنتُمْ That, uh, the death that, that you are trying to escape away from it and, and trying to, uh, this, uh, you know, be away from it, uh, it's gonna catch you, it's gonna come and catch you and, uh, it'll take you, uh, uh it'll take you, uh, towards, uh, Allah who is the uh, knower of the unseen and the knower of the seen and then Allah will inform you of what you used to do Uh, so you better understand that your time will not change and also we will not die unless uh, Allah sends the angel to take this uh, our soul Allah says you know and say that You will only die when uh, the angel that has been designated for you will come and take your soul, you know. Uh, So uh, understand that you will not die unless Allah sends that angel to take it. Uh, And there are many other uh, verses about this uh, concept of agile and concept of time. Uh, So Allah has uh, kept our time of departure from this world confidential uh, with him. Uh, so that we are always conscious of him, so that we are always basically on our toes, making sure that we are not wasting any time. Uh, And this is beneficial for us because if we do that, okay, I'm going to be alive for another 20 years or 30 years, then we would most likely relax too much. Or if we know that our time is like the next week or next month, then we would lose hope and everything. So uh, out of the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has kept this time confidential uh, so that we are ready at any time and we do not allow uh, to, our ibad to become weak or stay away from us, or we don't want, want our good deeds to be reduced because any time we could leave this world and we better be ready. As they say, one who cares, he prepares uh, or she prepares. So we have better, inshallah, uh, try our best in this direction. Um, So since the time of death doesn't change, and uh, it it is uh, confidential with Allah, uh, Allah has also uh, helped us to understand that death does not happen only in certain ages. It can happen at any age, and also death can happen through different means. It doesn't have to be only cancer or heart disease or accident. Anything could take our life away, both the beads and the methods of our death and our age can be at any time. So if we reflect on the wisdom of this, it's really beneficial for us. And so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help all of us to stay alert and to do our best to stay away from the Hippocratic traits and to be in the dhikr of Allah, remember Allah and His teachings and our obligations, and to remember our uh, you know, spending as much as we can in this cause so that our investment becomes become eternal. Uh, may Allah accept for all of us. I'll give some time for questions and answers. And, uh, please forgive me for my voice. I have had a cold. And I was hoping that I'll recover a little more by tonight, but uh, it was too late to change the. Inshallah, the first question relates to the topic of children uh, becoming a distraction from the remembrance of Allah. For those of us who are parents, uh, or inshallah, will be parents uh, later in life, can you suggest maybe two or three tips? What do you think parents need to do more of so that our children can become part of our remembrance with Allah rather than a distraction? and maybe two or three things that parents should do less of? InshaAllah. It's a good question. Uh, As parents, we all love our children and we all love to see our children succeed in this life and the next life. It is natural that uh, every parent make their best efforts to raise good children. uh, Alhamdulillah. Uh, But um, the society and sometimes the environment and sometimes uh, our circumstances can easily, you know, get us distracted. So children, uh, you know, sometimes because of uh, how to keep them happy uh, in the apparent meaning of happiness, you know, becomes important for us. So instead of thinking of their real happiness, we just look at the things like what can make them happy right now. And if we focus on that, and if we repeatedly uh, just try to give them what makes them happy right now, then most of the time we will regret that. So for example, you know, I I have to buy this for my son or my daughter in order to keep them happy. I have to really get this or uh, that for for them. And no matter how much we purchase for them and get them, uh, they will be happy maybe for a few moments, but later on, they will ask for something else and they will not be happy. If we buy 100 things for them and then 100 first thing, if we don't buy then they will become upset as if we didn't buy anything for them. So we, we we must remind ourselves that I want really my children to be happy in the long term. And yes, we their happiness now also. I mean, we don't want them to be crying all the time or uh, upset, uh, but we uh, give them things that will help them in the long term. So we should think of buying what kind of things for our children so that, they can really benefit from it. And we should also think of taking them to what kind of places that will really benefit them in the long term. You know, instead of taking them just to a movie or certain things that will just, you know, please them in a few minutes, but later on uh, they will not benefit much. You know, taking them to like say, to an Islamic conference, to a masjid, to a program, to a place that they can really be reminded of, of the realities of life about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, other things, so uh, that can really help them in the long term. Also, we have to explain to them the realities of life whenever we get an opportunity, so that the love of Allah is instilled in them. The more we instill the love of Allah in them, the more inshallah they can appreciate what we are saying and inshallah uh, they will soon become better than us. They will soon remind us that, hey, you're getting distracted from the zikr of Allah, come on, it's time for prayer, come on, it's time for charity, come on, it's time for this. So if we uh, teach them properly, inshallah, the love of Allah and the love of Allah. you know, inshallah, going to Jannah and uh, the hope and understanding the requirements for going to Jannah, uh, inshallah, they will understand better and they will also think better. And then they will also ask for better things. They will not ask for those things. And sometimes, uh, of course, we have to make some compromises. We cannot be always uh, rigid or, uh, you know, go on certain standards. So, sometimes it's okay if we make compromises as long as this compromise is not compromise of deen, compromise of love, of Allah. You know, and, uh, it's a compromise between our wishes and the wishes of children. From this dunya point of view, then it's okay to compromise. And also, we have to remember that uh, we try to uh, put them in the proper environment, in the proper uh, friendship environment, so we try to help them become friends with those kind of kids that they can benefit from those kids. We should visit those kind of families and invite those kind of families that their kids become friends with our kids and help them uh, to remind them about uh, their obligations as a Muslim and other things. Uh, The environment uh, really makes a big difference. And sometimes we also invite our children and watch some uh, YouTube videos about Islam, some good lectures, some good uh, videos of uh, Islamic programs we can sit down and watch together. So that way, inshallah, we can help our children uh, and the children will help us not to get distracted, inshallah. Jazakallah, There are many dua in the Quran about um, children that parents can make. Can you just review one Dua with us so that we can take something away and remember to implement it? Uh, Yes, Alhamdulillah there are many Duas Uh, The uh, Dua of uh, Ibadur Rahman, the the true servants of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, that in Surah al furqan uh, Surah number 25 at the end of it when Allah uh, you know, talks about true servants and their characteristics, and one of the characteristics of these uh, true believers or true servants are that when they make a dua, and say, Rabbana, hablana min azwajina wa wa lil imama. That, Ya rab uh, yeah, our Lord, uh, give us, uh, from our spouses and our children, uh, the coolness of our eyes. Uh, meaning that make our spouses and our children and our family in such a manner and help them to live in such a lifestyle that whenever we look at them, whenever we look at their faces, whenever we look at their actions, whenever we look at their lifestyles, our eyes will enjoy, that the coolness of our eyes will be achieved. Uh, And make us the leaders of righteous, meaning that make them uh, uh, righteous, uh, and make the, uh, which our children righteous, and our family righteous. Uh, so, uh, this is a beautiful dua that we should uh, continuously make uh, for our children and for uh, our families. And also, uh, the dua that Ibrahim uh, 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 you know, was saying in the Surah Ibrahim towards the end of the Surah that ya Allah forgive us and forgive our parents and all the believers. So, making dua for ourselves, for our parents, and uh, for the believers, and, and the fact that will uh, uh, help us to uh, be righteous. Uh, another dua that uh, in uh, Surah. Uh, Surah so number forty-six, Ahqaf, uh, That uh, Allah teaches us, That, mm-hmm. that uh, Oh my Lord, Oh my Rabb, uh, give me the ability to thank you for the favors that you have given me and the favors that you have given and bestowed to my parents uh, uh, and make me from the right and make my children righteous. So all of these duas are very beautiful and we should uh, make it a habit that we read these duas together with our children with our family and teach them inshallah and remind them uh, that uh, they become like the ethos of their mouth that they can often repeat it